I always say that the only property, only thing that you possess in life, from the day that you were born till the day that you are away for your last breath, it's your body. The Vision, a world where all people live free of the burden of drug abuse. This is the Drug-Free America Foundation's Pathway to Prevention podcast where we are committed to developing strategies that prevent drug use and promote sustained recovery. Thank you for not only tuning in, but your continued support and efforts to help make this world a better place. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, this is Dave Clausen from the team here at the Drug-Free America Foundation, and you're listening to the Pathways to Prevention podcast the show where we chat with stakeholders from across the drug demand reduction spectrum about current trends in the global substance use pandemic, strategies to reduce drug demand, and how to best adapt those strategies to the ever-shifting substance use landscape. Today, we are talking about helping youth identify, understand, and manage emotions. And the mission of my guests here today, their foundation that we're going to share with you, the mission is to disseminate knowledge on the adverse effects of drug use on individuals, family, and society, and to break the taboos that exist around drug use and enable people to reach out for help. The foundation aims to play a role of catalyst for the youth and the communities they live in by engaging federal and provincial governments to take up the task through policymaking on drug production, prevention, and use. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here, Dave. Indeed, been looking forward to our conversation since we had our planning meeting last month. I know we have chatted before hitting record today. But could we start off, would you mind introducing yourself, sharing where you're at in this this world and led you to working in your current role? My name is Christina von Spellinger Friedi. I'm living in Pakistan for the past 23 years. I'm Brazilian by birth and also fourth generation of Germans in Brazil. So I got married to... Pakistani diplomat. My husband was the ambassador of Pakistan in Brazil at that time. And we shared a common hobby, which is horses. So he was a polo player and I was a horseshoe jumper. So therefore I end up, well, we had gone in many places in the world, in many countries, but here I am for the past 23 years in Pakistan. The reason that we have this foundation that came to exist eight years ago. It was because I lost my only child due to the menace of drug in, in Islamabad, the capital of Pakistan, eight years ago. So, therefore, I was a, a businesswoman. I had other business and interior designer, and I left everything. And I decide because you can imagine a mother to lose, to bury a child. He was just 19 years old. I mean, it's not easy. So I left everything that I was doing and I decide that it's my mission now Uh. to make a foundation to open up a dialogue with the society and put up an organization and we'll talk about drugs with the youth in the name of my son. Therefore, KKWF is Karim Hanak Fridi Welfare Foundation. It's his name. He was just 19. A little gem of boy went to a party. Didn't work. Recreational, whatever he has taken there. And he never came back. Thank you for, for sharing about your son, the loss, that that makes yeah. my heart heavy. But I do see where your your passion, your drive comes from to honor 
your son through the foundation. That that is that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story with us. I would like to to learn more about the the foundation. In the introduction, I shared the mission, but could you tell me a little bit more about what you and the team do through the foundation? Yes, sure. Our team is a we are basically prevention that that's we are concentrated on because we believe that there is a big gap, and as we all know, that drug is a taboo in. Most of the society in the complex society that we're living in, like Pakistan, I mean, even worse because there is no really dialogue. And there was, we were the first organization here to talk about prevention. I have to tell you, for instance, that then when my son passed away, I said, I'm going to make a foundation. And I was telling people that I'm going to do a, a drug awareness foundation. And uh, my son's uh, friend came to me and said, why, why, uh, what, Auntie Christina, why are you telling people that he died of drugs? I said, because that's the truth. I mean, I am full. What should I say? He said, oh, why don't you tell that he died in a car accident? So, you know. There is a lot of taboo, and uh, and so with this impediment of discussion or dialogue, we reach, we really don't reach anywhere. We were the first, really, one that in the papers and the Minister of Narcotic Control went to talk openly because kids are dying here every day, but uh, they will talk that they have died with a heart attack. Now, we all know that. A teenager die of heart attack. I thought that is a terrible sort of a, a problem, heart problem in the family, or he has taken something that accelerated his heart and and heart couldn't take it. So, but it's a constantly, you know, covering up. In fact, one of our programs were quite inspired in the Canadian program that is Mother Against Drunk Drive. I had made it here, Mothers Against Drug Abuse, but nevertheless, I can, I could not take this specific program out of the paper because the people feel very embarrassing and they think that, if they, you know, the mothers think that if they are going to talk about, it means that their son or daughters are drug users. So, so it is very difficult to bring prevention, you know, because that's what we believe that prevention is the cure. There is nothing else is to talk. And, and what we do, and our foundation stands on five pillars that primarily, yes, is a drug awareness, environment, sports, arts and culture and civic sense. We put all these elements so we combine in every event that we do. And every event that we that we do on these pillars, the, the involvement is with the teams and with the pre-teams, that the focus is on them. We've been getting wonderful results because, you know, that in the era of technology that we live in, each one is looking at their own mobile, no? even sitting together. So that eye-to-eye contact, that dialogue does not exist anymore. It's just uh, basically through some sort of uh, equipment, yeah? machine that you correspond and, uh, that, uh, and you show your affection. So there is all the time something in between, not like before. It doesn't mean that before there was no drug, but the incidence now is much higher. You know very well the, the, the types of drugs that are available. In Pakistan, for instance, now it's ice everywhere. And ice how is highly addictive. And heroin, of course, is the traditional, let's sort of say classic drug, here in hashish, of course, we have um, cocaine in this area. And due to this proximity to Afghanistan, you know, we consider this uh, really a joint trafficking corridor because everything passed through here, through, through Pakistan. Currently, the 
population that we have, young population, 135 million below age of 30. And uh, this is an amazing contingent. And, and there is not really, it's not been taken by the government. I mean, not been showing the responsibility of look after this contingent as supposed to be. I always refer that someone in one of our events that, in fact, we just did one in volleyball that's supposed to have been last December and in commemoration of International Overdose Awareness Day. We play with the dates because of the severe weather, either too cold or the world, so we push accordingly. But this is because it was a political problem the city, so we have to postpone our event for now. And this is that we call the sport is the answer. This is our project that save tomorrow, sport is the answer that to have a drug free Pakistan. Always talk about the Olympic chart. Who are those countries that are topping for decades the Olympic, the Olympic chart? United States, Russia, Japan, China, and Germany, and, and, and immediately one can connect what are the roles in the world. They are leading the world because only sports can give you discipline and unity. And uh, we emphasize on the team sports that today we need support of each other, to help each other. In team sports, are always there for you. Yeah? So therefore, volleyball, we did it. Rugby, every year we, we do a big event on different modalities of team sports. And this proved to be very successful. But unless the government does not engage or if implement its own policies, which are very good, because it they say that a minimum of four hours of education per week, it's compulsory. Let the education institutions fail to do so, they have to be shunned. But the problem is that the policies are good, but who is going to implement them? So therefore, our foundation, we are in search and to develop a mechanism of self-defense because law enforcement has failed. Drug business is enormous. It's the second business in the world. With that comes rehabilitation that involves so many medicines and personnel that are involved with that, drug abuse and mental health as well. So where I live, I live outside Islamabad. Only in this place, for instance, there are six rehabilitation centers. But... Are, are they good rehabilitation center? Which standard are they for? Certainly not international standard. Therefore, we are the voice as a civil society that we go to the Ministry of Narcotic Control. And we denounce this. And they said, you have control and you're not controlling the, neither the, 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 the same uh, trafficking of, of drugs and uh, neither the rehabilitation center. Because here, there is no law for you to open a private clinic. So therefore, anyone can open. And uh, it's according to their own type of treatment and according to your pocket. If you can afford, you can, can go to a deluxe treatment. If you can afford, you're going to be tied up in some bed. So, and who is controlling all this? But nevertheless... We had presented one model, the national standard model, to the ministry, where they liked very much. As I said, that it should be a center of rehabilitation and training, controlled by the controlled by the government. So only people that have been trained in the center that is controlled by the government will be able to open a private center with the certificate of the government. Otherwise, there will be no control. So, so far, we have just talking at four corners like, you know, talking about prevention. That prevention, only really people that focus in prevention are people that are really wise. 
Huh? Because we all know they, that uh, it's an overload in the health system of any country because it's not only a, a mental problem, but to affect so many organs in your body. So extra to go there, extra to go in the other, in a, in a public health system. So it's an overload there. So I think it's mission forever. And it's not easy to sell prevention. It's easy to have a rehabilitation center because you have the product in front of you. But to sell a prevention for someone, sponsor the continuous uh, various programs that we have. I designed many of them. So it's quite difficult. And many of them we have right now, we are with the United Nations UNODC grant given to a program that we designed that uh, a video competition that the solution of drug abuse from youth to youth. So we are in the process of finishing this and get the, the winner of this video, which once we are done, is going to be shown in every education institution and also in the headquarters of UNODC. So that is one of our programs. Apart from that, we are always creating some program to get closer to the community. Though, because there is no point. Sometimes you have conference that the audience that is there, it's an audience that's already know everything. But we go into the grassroots level. We go in every education institution being public schools, colleges, and universities, and also on the private education institution, which the privates are in a situation that is just a narcotic. It's like a pandemic. It's unbelievable the amount of consumption right now. So what we are trying to do is just to put sense in a person's mind that the only thing that you really own in your life is your own body. And it's the way that you're going to treat your body is that going to result in your life. The basic like this, how you're going to, li to live is during your period of adolescence, that you are forming your body, forming your mind. Whatever you're going to put inside you, that's what you're going to reflect later on. So that's basically what we do. It's a non-stop job. There was so much wisdom in what you shared. I'd like to, to unpack that a little bit. You, you had shared about the challenges you face in Pakistan with the ice, heroin, hashish, cocaine, and how it's a drug trafficking corridor and drug business is enormous. I want to say you said 135 million people below the age of 30. Yeah. But you have the courage to speak up and speak out against what is taboo. And it's not easy to, to sell prevention. Where have you found some, some positive success in speaking out and speaking up? First, after, after I lost my son, I have to have a reason to live. And I found that since that I have no kid, every kid is my responsibility. And that's what I keep on telling the, the people also. You know, it is not, you are responsible from your, for your neighbor kid. You know, these are, we are talking about the future of a nation. I talk about that drug abuse is a national security threat especially in this region with geopolitical situation that you really don't know who is your friend, who is not. I mean, let's not forget the war inflicted by the British on, in China, the Opium War. So China was completely destroyed. They were all hooked in, in, on opium. Today, uh, the Chinese superseded the, the, the situation of drugs. The control is tremendous because imagine a nation that is all intoxicated. What kind of future you can expect? In this political situation that I told you, the proximity of Afghanistan 
and then we have Iran by our side, and then we have China, and then we have India. And so we have it is all this region, because once you capture people's mind, that's why I insist on the national security plan, you capture the country. Because it's like the donk and the carrot. I mean, I put the carrot in front and I take the donk wherever I swing. So the most important thing that I believe is to look after the mental health of the youth. I really, I should not say this, but frankly, I don't care about the older people. My concern and my focus is on the youth. That's where you have to teach them and put sense in their mind. So it is everywhere. And, and, and with this addiction, you know, so many, so many consequences. There's the, the word of addiction. For instance, I also insist to, to say in the government here that there is an underground community that we all know that sons and daughters of uh, prostitutes and uh, drug addicts. So they reproduce, they continue to reproduce, they continue with the addiction. And what is there, the way that they live is under selling themselves, selling their kids. And this is not only in Pakistan, it's everywhere. I mean, you will end up in a vicious circle that you need money for your addiction, right? So you end up selling yourself and you end up reproducing. And so you reproduce, you create human beings with no moral values whatsoever. What is their value? Where they are going to hang on what is right and what is wrong. So they will not know because they are grown up in this highly addictive community. So this, no one is paying attention and there is no data according. It's like, you know, they exist, they exist, but they don't. And this is the future. These people are going to grow and the criminality will increase and so many other things, consequence of this, this community that no one is paying attention. So I find that here, because I've been living here and I always insist that this alarming because it did. Like uh, three days ago, we have a 13 years old girl jumping to the third floor of his, his school and committed suicide. So this all reflects because I say that if we really think about how we used to behave when we were teenagers, we will understand more. We tend to forget and then we become like our own parents. No? So we lose that sensibility. And I tell the kids that for me, the seven years of this adolescence is the worst period of one's life because you feel yourself so insecure. You don't know anything. You are learning. You are experimenting. You are vulnerable and you trust people. You are a face of trust. And so anyone that will come closer become your friend and you really do not know the intentions because then there is that period that you know very well it's a common way of a teenager that everybody is their friend but the parent. So this is a typical pattern that they will be listened to their friends but not the parents. So we try to make them understand when I go for my presentation on the schools, my presentation will specifically like when you talked before, né? helping identify, understand, and manage emotions is specifically to what's going on during the period that you are, uh, you are living. Né? I say that anyone here with the didn't have felt choked and want to cry in some time with no reason at all because the hormones are playing havoc inside us. Unless you understand and you put in equilibrium, in, in, in balance, your body and your thoughts together, unless you understand what's going on in your body with the hormones during that period, you will think that you are suffering, that you are an unhappy person. How many times, I say, how many times you slammed the door 
And then after you get surprised yourself, then say, oh my God, what did I do then? You know, shout back and, and you feel, feel bad because the hormones are playing. How are going to try And there is the only solution, and this is everyone I see. No, there is no gender or there is no color or there is no religion that makes this difference because this is part of growing up. So if we do not understand what's happened to our body at that moment, we will think that we're suffering. And you know that all the adolescents have the problem of the word in their, in their shoulder. They think they are right and all, God, all the, you know, it's, everything is happening to me and it's not. But the solution that we find, and then at this I bet, but I'm also did sports throughout my life. The only solution, and I always tell the kids, I said, you know, our body is, is so perfect that we have even the kick we did. We do not need extra kick because if you will play any sports, if you do any activity, physical activity that you enjoy, you will stimulate your endorphin and you will feel good. You will feel powerful. You will be, you become a positive person because now everything, you, you know, very well, the, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, or I'm bored, or I'm depressed. So this is a part of, and the people accept this very easily that I'm depressed. And so it's not this lack of engagement with your own body and lack of understanding with your own body for me. That is, once you understand that you have to pass all the stages thing, all this acne, don't the, the beard start to grow, the hair start to grow, your voice start to change, all these things that one finds ridiculous and being bully and laugh, laughable about when you were in schools. I mean, this, this everybody is going to pass through. So what this is very clear. And spoken in the communities is spoken in the in in room with many people. So there is no doubt there. What's happened to us many times is that after my talk, the girls are crying. Because you know very well, every house near or far, far has a case of abuse. And on the drug, the intoxication part of it even works. Because when there is drug involved, there's alcohol involved. So, I mean, it's, it's a violent, violent environment. And, of course, many people suffer. And if it comes from the parents, the kids are going to either indulge or they will be completely out of it. And so, it is, this is a very serious, for me, today, it's one of the worst problem that the world is suffering is the is the lack of awareness or maybe you know lack of let's say empathy we became quite very individualist and very robot so it's we just say that's not our problem but everything that you see it's your problem so it's your responsibility it's not one person a disease it's a entire family sick the entire family got affected financially, morally, I mean, emotionally. So it's it's not an individual visit. Yes, yes, indeed. And I I agree so much. The the focus on wellness, discipline, and a couple other words that came to mind too were self accountability and also self love. In, in my own journey with, with alcohol, that was big for me was learning to love myself yes. and knowing what that meant and how to do that and letting myself do that. Yes. So you see the challenges, you see the, the barriers and you still stand up, you go to the government, you go to the community and you insist that it is alarming yes. and the most important. Yeah, I say that we, we must continue this. This is our mission. 
And sometimes, you know, how do you say that? Why me? You know, that feeling that, you know, I've been a good person and why should I lose my only child? I mean, you know, then you get that feeling. But someone has said to me, said, you know, look at this way. You came from Brazil. You married a Pakistani. I mean, different countries, different cultures, different religion. And then you end up living in here and you lose your only child. And maybe that was written for this mission that you had. And maybe I, maybe <laughs> I take as a consolation, you know, as a solace, I feel good to what I'm doing. But I wish more people would be involved in that. Unfortunately, like I say, this taboo. And if anyone is a drug user, they will not get married. The family will find out and they will not find a, a, a pair for that boy or for that girl. So everything becomes very difficult. So you end up living in a hypocrite society. You see, one thing is what you are for your parents and one and the other thing is what you are outside. So you li- really live double life, double personality which is in, most of the time are in conflict. So unless, you know, one ad- address even uh, parents-wise how they should see that the kids have the right to choose. They have the right to choose their career. They have the right to choose their partner which in this kind of society is most is not there. It's been already decided what you're going to be. So your choices, your decisions to lead the life been done by someone else, not by you. And you will not challenge there because it doesn't look good. Because at the end of the day, it's known that the family knows it better. The, the youth is very squashed in the sense that why should I go in? If they have a talent, for instance, you know, the profession most valued, valuable is either an engineer or a doctor and this, like I'm always telling them that the schools don't like, but I say that let me in this school, that let them decide what they want to decide. Because we have only one life that we know. If we spend that life doing something that you don't enjoy, this is a miserable life. I have seen myself so many doctors that have been made a doctors by the family, but they have no talent whatsoever. So when you go to a public hospital, the doctor is just looking at his Facebook, his mobile, while the corridor is full of patients. You know, there is a way. So that humanity it's not there because it's not his talent. Maybe his talent was a singer. So what I'm saying is that we have to have responsibility for our failures, for our destiny. But we have to have the, the, the possibility to choose. And that's very important. But in a complex society that we live in, it's many times in the West, for instance, you don't even know what you want to do. But here, there is a debate, and the person will decide, the family will decide what to do. They you know, like, for instance, is a family of doctors, they are all doctors. And when the one that doesn't decide to be a doctor, so he looks like black sheep, the family. So this is our awareness. It should not be just focused on the adolescents. It's our main focus, of course. But we should also be looking after the parents, the mothers and, and, and fathers, which should understand better that, you know, each one should own their own life and make it easier. Maybe you will have less frustrated people. Yes. Uh, and that is that. And I will not summarize that because that was so beautiful. I would like to to visit about 
the five main guiding fears of interest for the foundation. I know you had shared those with us, but you you shared them oh so quickly. I think they're, there's, they're important and would, would love to learn more about the five pillars of drug awareness, environment, sports, art, and culture, and civic sense. Can you tell me more about those? Yes, for instance, on the drug, and I think I spoke a bit on the environmental, and I'm an environmentalist, and we, what we do is that I live close to a river, and uh, every year we have this run clean, the name of the river is Quran. So we get like 10, 12 different schools, and we make on the shore of the, the river, we divide the shore of the river in stations. And then with lottery, the different schools, they are going to get their stations. And that is, we make them clean. Whoever cleans more, more bags full of dirt or whatever it is, residues, they will win the competition. So it's a very fun, it's an outing with music, with lots of talks. We get the press for them to get excited. We put a boat in the middle of the, the river, flags everywhere. And we, we have a point because we invite the underprivileged schools and the privileged schools, the chain of big schools that we have. We put them all together. We make a point that all events that we do, we, we use t-shirts. We make t-shirts because everybody's equal. So we do not want people to differentiate for, through their social class. So whoever is the, you know, a cleaner or a driver's son or whatever is this, I mean, has the same treatment and the same. So there, it's already a message in the book. We can, we do not accept any kind of social difference. Yet there are, but we do not accept on our event. And this is a very interesting event because, of course, it comes everywhere and in the media. So the kids, we have a big, uh, what do you call, not lunch, but brunch. So all kinds of things, ice cream, this and that. So, and they, their participation is amazing. Oh, today we have so many that you know, on and off I meet them. Oh, I will, Auntie Christina. I always remember that day that we spent there doing this and that. So at the same time, they are together. They are competing because I do not agree. Comparison, like someone is better than the other. I don't agree with it. But I think that all have to have competition and they have, they have to prove themselves. This competition academically, that of course there is some that are genius, there are some that are excel, but it's not making this uh, culture of straight A's, is stressing all these kids. And I said that we should not do this. We should focus in the human aspect of it because now what we need is, is good human beings. Forget about this academic, this, this fixation of academic. I mean, we need good human beings. So the environment, it's, you know how it is. People throw things everywhere. It's outside of their house and then throw everywhere. We create a conscious that it's not only your house, it's wherever you walk, you have to look after that place. So it's, you have to keep clean. With, in fact, our motto is like stay clean. In every sense, of clean yourself, to stay clean out of, away from drugs, then keep the other things clean, so I stay clean. So this is an environment, and many times we do it in the park. So we take them out, yoga in the park. So we bring people to do a bit of yoga, which is interesting. Everything is new. And when the volunteers works, work with us, Many of them, as I mentioned before, are underprivileged, but we do take them, for instance, I take them to Pono Club. So we are going to have their thing. So we exposing them in, in different ways to the golf club, exposing them in different, the volunteers that work for us. After every event, we take them somewhere for a picnic. And so we keep on ex exposing them. In the, of different things 
aspect of life, right? So they mature there. And environment, sports, as I told you before, sports, sports is the answer. This is our program. And everything that we have done, cycling, football, and rugby, volleyball, and so much. And I only like to work with the best athletes nationalized. Because they are, they all belong to the national squad, the national teams. Because when you ask someone to come and watch sport, we want to show the best to, to inspire. Them. So we will have, we create heroes that it's, it's, it's not there. The sports here is very, as I told you before, very, it's not being looked after. As long as the parents think that as long as the kids are inside the, the house, they're safe. But I said, safe how? Do you know what they watch through the computer? Computer, You don't know. Another great addiction that destroys so many as well, pornography. We all know. Addict to pornography. So this is another terrible thing. So I said, you don't really know what we need to is to bring the kids out. You are always going to remember in your life you did all the things that you have done that you had gone to your uncle, but you had been to for for a hunting, for a swimming in a fall or some. But you will always memorize that. You are not going to memorize your childhood when you stay inside the house. Because here, the, the, the weather is very severe, either very cold or very hot. But nevertheless, I said, there is no bad weather. We go out. So to endure bad weather, it's, it's good for a human being. And, and then someone say, oh, but it's going to rain. Bring your umbrella. But oh, it's too hot. Bring your bottle of water and put your cream in your face and your hand. You see? So there is no, we do not accept excuse. Because they, we have to endure the weather, and this is the way that it should be. And arts and culture, we, in fact, we got the best practice by UNESCO. During COVID, we had the national competition on poster arts competition. Uh, again, a solution of COVID to the eyes of the youth. And it was really very exciting there. We got uh, three artists to be in the jury. So it was very exciting. So we were acknowledged by UNESCO through that. Every event, but so we have a week program in a school. Start with my talk. And then we all this involved, you no? Know? Environment, we make a school planted tree. The school all becomes like a red or, you know, with the posters. So everybody's involved and know what's going on. When you're doing a poster competition, their work is on four to stimulate debate. You see? So four people withdraw one poster. The individual only is their essays that, of course, you see so much red alert. Also that we advise the schools. And we created data when uh, I finished my talk. We were surveyed with just very, I mean, not a bit deep, five questions only with uh, no name, obviously, but age and gender. And have you ever t- taken a drug? Have you ever, do you have a friend who uses drugs? You know, things like this. So we put that and, and, and give it to the principal of the school after this result of the survey. So for them, more or less, feel the pulse, what's going on in, in their own institution. So this, and civic sense, civic sense is very important, like we're saying, that to leave people path behind, you know, to open the door for someone, to be kind and gentle to someone else. This is all part to being the, the, the civic sense, to, to love your country, to you know, be a good human being to know how to differentiate what is right and, and wrong and how you will continue to help and facilitate your neighbor, people that need. And if someone wants to pass, you will let them pass before you and not just 
So it's a basic education on how to live in community in a civilized manner. So we believe that with all these pillars that we have combined, we hope that to, to make good the human being that way to collaborate and be, I mean, make your wealth country better, like the future better. And then we learning new will part and with the same intensity that we do with the boys, we do with the girls because the problem is equal. It's not more, you know, the boys, they take drugs, girls are taking drugs alone. And with the problems also, the puberty and things like that, they do not understand because biology and, and it's not debate, it's not discussed what you're going to go through. So we open up this dialogue and we talk about sometimes People get a bit like this because we talk about the girls' period. We talk about everything so that people should know how to react. That sometimes you are so unhappy and you don't know what it is. It is, it's, if you are growing up, you have to understand. So if you have this conscious, so things are going to be better. You know, we keep on going, keep on repeating, keep on going, keep on trying. We have a tremendous problem of finance because every project I'm really like a beggar. I go and knock at everybody company and on CSR are not used to this. Oh mutual you really want to get involved with drug issues. We don't know. But we for our events at least we've been lucky with the traditional partners and very well concepted, very well known organizations that they sponsor our events, but nevertheless, us to expand the office, you know, we need more support. We need more support because if we have five pillars, we need each pillar, we need someone focus on that. And not only because we end up with the hands tied because we want to expand the entire Pakistan because to move, we have to move us, our own team from here to Lahore or from here to Peshawar. We want to develop every province. We want to develop a different office. So they, we, we will have that uniform campaign that it's, it's continuous. And for the listeners, I will put a link to the foundation's website where you can learn more. So look in the show notes, listeners, for that link. And also I'll put the links to the foundation's social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram there as well. So you can get connected with Christina and her team. Christina, you shared so, so very much with us today from talking about the challenges, the problems with the drug trafficking corridor, and it's not easy to sell prevention. And then you, you enlightened us with, with how you're able to accomplish so much and that the most important thing is to look after the youth's mental health. And there's only one solution. Those five pillars that you just unpacked for us, I love how all of your programs are in alignment and speak to those five pillars, which help advance, get the youth outside, get them engaged and support them identifying, understanding and managing their emotions. The true comprehensive approach, that dynamic multifaceted approach to prevention is it's beautiful. We've, we've been talking for a while and I want to ask one last question for you, if you don't mind. If you were to give our listeners one piece of advice that you want to ensure that they remember after listening to our conversation, what would that piece of advice be? Well, to our listeners, as a young nut, I always say that the only property, only thing that you possess in life, from the day that you were born, Till the day that you are away for your last breath, it's your body. It's undeniable that how you treat yourself 
it's how yeah. we're going to flourish or how we're going to develop and how we're going to grow. So I always kids get as an example, uh, if you're planting a tree, you are not going to water this tree, this little tree with Coca-Cola or whatever. It's not going to survive. But if you plant this tree and you put water, which is pure, tree is going to become beautiful. So it's the same thing that happens to us. Why we are going to mistreat ourselves? This is the only thing that we own. This is the only thing that we can guarantee that is real, that it's to love yourself, it's to treat yourself, it's, it's, I don't know, we see so many people mistreating themselves, no, because of whatever, one thing they ever want to say. So the main thing that I tell that is look after yourselves. Go, I mean, it's to be beautiful. You don't need to have money and go to academy. You can just walk, go for a run around the lake, in the park, go up in the mountain. You see, go and waste yourself, waste your energy that will bring positiveness. So when you come down, you are another person. So drag someone with you. Someone is in trouble. Someone is a fan for this menace of this drug addiction. You know, so help on each other. We cannot just let it, you know, and see a news and see people crawling in front of you and not saying anything and not doing anything. We are part of each other. And one thing is that I keep on repeating that, Dave, it's that there is no one more responsible than yourself for yourself. Yes, yes. And I cannot summarize that any more perfectly than you did. I think we should leave our listeners with that bit of wisdom there. It has been a delight and an honor to connect and learn about all of the great work and all the lessons you've shared with us today. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Dan, to give us the opportunity to, to share with your friends, with your listeners, the work that we are doing here. And we are here. And if anyone wants to visit Pakistan, we are here to help. And we are part of you in any, in any case. So look after yourself and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Prevention is better together. And we are all in this together. That concludes this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a friend before you leave. And we look forward to seeing you on social media because prevention is better together. Together, we are stronger.